What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Pavali coming at you with another NBA team look ahead. We are we are in the closing kick of these these look aheads because the season is pretty much here. We're on to the Lakers, which we strategically did not schedule until basically the season started since they seem so combustible. I had to bring on Jabari, L. Davis. That's my guy. Love talking to him about the Lakers NBA at large. Follow him on Twitter at Jabari Ali Davis or at Jabari Davis NBA. Excuse me. J-A-B-A-R-I-D-A-V-I-S-N-B-A. Um, he is with Mad Boosties, an NBA Finals file for iHeart. The podcasts are fantastic. They have questionable tastes and guests at Mad Boosties because they brought me on once, but don't hold that against them. Uh, Jabari, it's been a minute since we talked outside of like an official capacity. How how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, as we as I kind of alluded to in, in in the pre-show, it's a busy time, but a good time. You know, the, anytime we've got the NBA season rolling back around, busy is good. So I'm absolutely here for it. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate. Please, I appreciate you coming on. I will say, I'm woefully. We finally had like a longer off season for the first time in three years. I feel like it flew by, and I'm just woefully underprepared for the start of this season. I get those. I don't know if you're the same way. It's not the Tuesday night, but that Wednesday night when there's like 11 games, I start to get overwhelmed. And I'm like, how did I ever decide that I could cover this like type thing? <laughs> and so you have to go through those motions too. And that's probably what I'm dreading. Yeah. As funny as it sounds like, I'm always like, Oh man, you know, like that, that last period of the summer, it, it's the worst, but it, it felt like it just, it, it went by like that. And same here. Like I, I, I feel, I feel as though I'm not prepared, but you know what? It all works itself out. Eventually we're just going to be watching guys run up and down the court in, in, in basketball uniforms. So it's going to be fun either way. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ex- the discourse will hopefully at least improve on Twitter because NBA Twitter and social media in general, like they can't have an off season, but like basketball Twitter can't have an off season. Um, it just, it gets even now with the preseason takes, but I digress. The Los Angeles Lakers um, were a team that I was just sort of not waiting on pins and needles, but they were one of the teams like they could fuck up the entire off season because they're just going to trade Russ or do something else. Um, they have not. And so my question to you is, are you surprised that Russell Westbrook is still on this team? I am. I'm not going to lie. And I, look, there's going to be listeners that are, like, that, that are going to say, like, why would you be surprised? Of course they couldn't get rid of him. But the truth of the matter is, obviously, and, and, and I'm sure it's, you know, we're going to discuss it you know, upcoming, they had opportunities, or at least the reports are that they had opportunities and simply, let's just say, are in a holding pattern at this at this stage. But, yes, if you had asked me, you know, heading into the summer, if you had asked me, do you think Russ is going to be here? Uh, my answer would have honestly been no. Would you have done any of the rumored deals that were out there if it involved giving up the 27 in 2020? Because that's been like the most contestedly debated thing of, amongst the Lakers for the past like three or four months, it feels like. I have a kind of a split state of mind on that one. It like it also feels like a situation where no matter what happens down the line, everyone's going to say like, "Well, oh, of course they should have done this," or "Of course they shouldn't have." You know what I mean? Like if they if they made the if they made the deal and it didn't come to fruition, and like you know say you know say they you know they still went out in the first round or the second or you know, only made it to the semifinals or whatever the case may be. They weren't able to punch it through and, and get a title. Then people would say, well, you know, hey, look, you know, you sacrificed your future and you didn't even win. And then if they don't make the deal and, you know, this year goes at, you know, kind of a, as a lot of us anticipated going, they're going to say, well, why wouldn't you make the deal? Who cares about, you know, down the line? For me, I understand their reasoning for not making the deal. But this is not me, uh, you know, being a homer or like like giving them an excuse because they painted themselves into this corner. 
They mm-hmm. backed themselves right into this corner, and now and, and now this is you know this is their reality. You had people, you know, you had Lakers, you know, my fellow Lakers fans. I love guys, I really do. So when I say this, I'm saying it like a, a family member that that that's just giving you the real like Christmas. <laughs> Y'all were on there crying about like, oh, it's the Lakers tax, this that, and the other. Okay, well, you know what? It, it, even if that exists, it's not a new concept. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, and the, and 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 this is where you're at. Personally, think. They're going to be able to still make that deal ahead of the deadline without using both picks. I I, I feel as though I understand why the Pacers are are, are holding are holding you know strong because they're like, hey, look, we don't have to. We <laughs> like you know, ultimately, if something else comes, to, you know, if something else comes, or you guys are in a state of desperation, we might be able to get it. But ultimately, line, we might make that deal, whether it's this deal or another or any other deal. I still think they'll be able to get off of you'll know, get off of it, especially as an expiring contract. And it's probably not going to take. It's probably not going to take you know you know both picks. But ultimately, mm-hmm. but ultimately, look, it's 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 almost a no win situation. And if you're Rob. Prior to the extension, I would have said, prior to the extension, <laughs> I would have said, like, what are you playing for the future for? But now I realize why he's why exactly why he's playing for the future. He might be around, apparently. I I understand both schools of thought is you shouldn't be like you have age 38 season LeBron James coming up. You have to be about the now. But if you don't want to mortgage your future to get out of one mistake, I understand it. I just don't think I think some Lakers fans have like undersold how much of a lift it still is to take on Russ's contract. Yes, it's expiring, but you're not acquiring Russ to then remove him or use him. You're just probably buying him out, waving him, telling him to go away. And that's a huge like chunk of dead money to then have on your books. And so you are paying, it's not a Lakers tax. It's the size of the Russell Westbrook contract tax. And then they want value for the players they're sending out. So I understood the asking price. And I also understood the Lakers, saying no and i'm also with you that i do think there's a chance they wind up um being able to move russ without having to give up a ton of assets during the middle of the season when the light is more so at the end of the tunnel for some of these teams and like i said i don't know if it'll be the package i i don't i definitely don't um again i i don't fault their logic but the lakers fans that were just like well th- th- it, they should do it for one first round pick and it's like you're kind of missing the point a little bit yeah. on that to me Especially since those same and the funny thing, and you, you you kind of alluded to this with NBA Twitter, those same folks will then point out all of the different you know trades that have been made in the past that where they say you just wasted a pick, you threw you tacking a pick onto that, wasted it. So th- th- there is no winning you know with these conversations because the goalposts will always be moved. But he, I, let me just throw this one out there for you because I haven't heard people speaking you know speaking to it. I'm excited in in the event that OKC. Oh in the second half of the year is looking to which realistically I, I believe that they will be. And then, you know, kind of similar to how they've done, you know, like those you know, kind of similar to how they've done with, uh, uh, you know, these last couple of years where they selectively, you know, put people down, you know what I mean? They, they put, they, they, they temporarily put people, you know, put players out the pasture. I could see a situation where you get them involved in the conversations, and obviously, it would probably have to. Be, it would obviously, you know, you know to, 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 uh, it had to be a multi multi team deal, and you can probably still get that Pacers deal done because here's one for you: last thirty games of the year, the we always loved you and you always loved us tour. When you're already trying to lose with Russ going back home to OKC 
and I'm not, and to be clear, I'm not saying OKC gives up any of their pre, of their top, you know, of their top talent. I'm saying you involve them because it, you know, because because of that part of it that makes sense, and because they also have a, they got plenty of picks, <laughs> plenty, plenty of picks. If did want to get involved in that conversation, I'm here for the narrative of you know, like of that return story, and also I'm begging them to please be involved in that <laughs> in that return story. Um, I get the issue with them is they just don't have the matching money to like, you're not giving up Shea in that deal. And so it'd be tough to get the money. If, if they were like to pounce on the buyout more, like if Russ was waived, um, and he just signed mm-hmm. there for like an end of season tour, that would be kind of sad for him. I feel like, but like, I'd be all for like the thunder. If you're really looking to tank, like why not go that route? It's just so his fall is just like in terms of perception and value has just been so swift and, and stark. And that kind of leads me to the next question of, Oh, go ahead. If you had something to say on that was just Darvin Ham mentioning well, Russ to the bench as a realignment. Do you think that's the smart move and, and will it stick? I think it's the only move that made sense from the start. And I know that sounds crazy. I know I realize why Frank Vogel you know, couldn't get you know, his and his staff. I don't want to you know just make this about Frank Vogel. I realize why the previous regime couldn't do that. Uh, or, or why it felt as though they couldn't do that, but it's the only thing that made sense from the start. Like, and the, the, the idea that, a lineup that has LeBron and Russ in it at the same time is going to be successful for an extended period of time. It just doesn't make sense to me. And look, this is coming from someone and anybody look, the tapes are there tapes. I was wrong last year. And the reason why I was wrong is because I wanted it to be true as opposed to just actually looking at the, looking at the situation for what it was that, you know, that's, that's oil and water. It doesn't mix. It doesn't make sense. Yes. That you, you can get away with it for a couple minutes here and there, or like say in a final, you know, in a, in a close, you know, in a close, you know, situation where Russ has been playing well, or if he's got, you know, if he's got a, you know, a a better matchup, but in terms of like the long-term deal, that never made sense to put them in the same lineup. So I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to be silly and, you know, jump out the window on these, you know, like I did last year. I'm hopeful that, 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 he he'll at least be willing to while he's still in the Lakers uniform. He Russ does seem at least open to doing more things than he did last year in seasons past. I am wondering if the, does the hamstring injury hang this up at all? Like if he's not ready to go or miss his time, maybe some people would view that as a blessing in disguise, but I'm like, I I'd always assume they're going to start him to begin the season. And then after like a few games, if it wasn't working, that's when you make the move. And I'm like, does this make it easier to be like, well, we're just going to integrate you from the bench when you come back. I'm just, we didn't see the sample. They did it for one preseason game. He got injured. Was So I'm just very curious to see how, what happens to start of the season and then how the whole Russ off the bench dynamic actually works. I think that the point you just made is perfect. I think it does make it easier. I think it makes it okay. an easier transition. It makes it easier conversation because the truth of the matter is if he, you know, like if he misses any, you know, any amount of time and, you know, like, and, and, they have all of the reason, all of the all of the reasons to say like, "Hey, look, we've got it going. We had already talked about having you do it. Let's go ahead and start you off that." Way. And then, honestly, whether it goes well or, it, or or it goes poorly, you Russ is no longer at a level to where you have to worry about like you know what I'm saying you know, you know to where you have to worry about like, "Oh, are we disrespecting?" Because quite frankly, he's been disrespected you know since he put on that Lakers uniform. So it's so. You, you, it kind of it kind of did make it easy, you know, you know. If in fact he, you know, he's not able to go at the beginning of the season, it actually, and you know, you, you know, you have a question coming up about the guard rotation. The injuries made, you know, the, the the preseason injuries made the guard rotation a little bit, you know, make a little bit more sense, you know, for this coaching staff at least coming out the blocks. That is a good segue into my next question, though. Is independent of Russ, what did you think about their off season? 
Were there any additions that you especially liked, didn't like? And really the real question here is, does Rob Polinka get paid by the guard that he signs? I mean, it's got to be. It absolutely has to be. These guards either have you'll know, have dirt on him, or he's got dirt on the entire organization. No, I, 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 I kid. I, I liked some of the guys that they brought in, and and, and and on paper they make sense. None of them are are are, are tremendous impact guys, or none of them are guaranteed to be tremendous impact guys. Do I mm-hmm. think that a guy like Lonnie Walker can have the the sort of impact as like Malik Monk did. And you know that I was higher on Monk, you know, than a lot of folks at the, you know, at the start of last year, yeah, uh, you, you know, he, you know he, he was up and he was up and down, but by and large, he was, you know, probably their most consistent player over the course of, over the course of the season. And, you know, t- you know, take from that what you will, uh, you know, shout out to him. I hope he does, you know, positive things up there in Sacramento this year, but no, I, I, I could see Lonnie Walker, you know, being the type of player that could play very well, Especially off of AD and off, you know, and off of um and off of LeBron. I'm, I'm forgetting, you know, the, perhaps the greatest player ever. Forgetting his name, you know, over the course of this conversation. But no, I could see him playing well, and I, and that that makes a lot of sense. But the reality is this: none of the moves made a ton of sense unless you were moving Russ. And 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 I don't want to make this into the believe me I you know, like the the NBA Twitter and podcasting alone we've had enough of like the like let's just shit on Russ you know conversation I know that that's not where you were going with it but I just want to make it clear that's not where I'm going with it but you don't go into this off season and make these moves and bring in all of these small guards that very clearly are going to be taken away from any impact that he could potentially have if you planned on bringing him back unless you were planning on moving him so I as crazy as it sounds. I still feel like this is an incomplete offseason until they figure out what they're going to do with that. Like if you no matter what, they're just going to roll with this, you know, up until the trading deadline, then I'm going to say, well, this is not going to be a very good team. And this is not going to be even you know, there's not there's not very much, you know, like, to, you know, to discuss. It's going to be a middling team that on some night on some nights look really good, like when ADs is super you know, engaged and impactful, they're they're the. They they have the potential good when LeBron decides like hey you know what F it even in year even at thirty eight or even in year twenty I'm st- I'm still that guy yeah that's going to look good but outside of that it's 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 not going to move the needle and that's and that has to be frustrating for Lakers fans I say it as one <laughs> uh, yeah and I agree with everything you said is there one addition and let's call it the non Patrick Beverly division that you think is going to be particularly impactful in a good way that maybe people aren't giving enough shine to. Well, that's actually where I. That's actually what I, I, I. Why I mentioned Lonnie in particular, and I. And believe me, I get it. I got. I understood people being, you know, you know, people being uncertain. Like, well, really, you're there with your MLE, okay? That you know, that's cool. But I look at it like this: he's, you know, he's a six four guard that can, you know, you know that that can, you know, get up and down the court. You know, can you know, can finish. You know, you can you know, finish over the top. Can do a lot of things. A couple of years back, I, I don't have the, you know, this is a, you know, as unprepared as, as as you'll see me, but I, so I don't have his number in front of me, but I feel like he shot upwards of 35, 36% from three when he was playing off of DeMar and, you know, uh, and off of, uh, uh, you know, LaMarcus, you know, prior to him being moved a couple of years ago. I think, you know, I, I would imagine that if you put him, if you put him in the mix and he gets comfortable with AD and with LeBron, that, 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 that could, that could return. He's a guy that honestly, if, if he's a live body and a, and a guy that you can depend upon and he can spread the court a little bit, I could see him having, you know, like having the most impact. I would love to lie to you and say that it's going to be Thomas Bryant or it's going to be, you know, you know, it's going to be you know, Jones, but I, yeah, neither one of them have differentiated. Neither one of them have, you know, have, have stood out over the, you know, over the preseason. We'll see if we'll see if they can develop into some 
team and develop some type, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of chemistry alongside Anthony Davis over the course of the season. But right now, heading in, if I had to guess, it's probably Lonnie Walker. Yeah, and look, he was on a heater to close last year too. Uh, I just, if he hits like the, if the possessions they're going to give him, like where he's creating for himself or dribbling, there'll there'll mm-hmm. definitely be value in there. I'm just with you that it's. When they made the move, it was to me, it was fine. I thought it was actually a worthwhile gamble. And then the rest of their offseason kind of fell into place. And I was like, oh, uh, mine is Juan Toscano Anderson still, though. I think okay. it wouldn't shock me if he's a part of like some of their most important lineups, including closing units. Uh, they It would be nice if he could give you some higher volume on offense, but he does at least get rid of the ball quickly. He can hit threes if he's wide open enough. And then he just gives you a lot of malleability on defense. And the Lakers just don't have a lot of those guys on this roster. There's if you want to throw. LeBron and AD aside, they have like Austin Reeves and Juan Toscano Anderson, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, like it, the, the fact that he's like the only wing, the only true wing, you know. And, and I, even, get, I would call him, I'd call him like a 3.5 rather than that's like yeah. you can't even get like one true wing. It's just so. I, their I don't understand. Not, their commitment to having non wings on the roster is actually impressive at this point. In a league where everyone agrees, <laughs> I, I won't necessarily go as far as to say it's a wings league, but you need wings. You absolutely need interchangeable guys that, you know, between six, six, five ish and six, nine ish. You absolutely have to have them. And they're just like, no, 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 we're good. We have, we have six guys that are six, four and under <laughs> that also are going to be competing for one another. And oh, by the way, play the position. Never mind. Yeah. No. I don't want to continue to go down that rabbit hole because it'll sound like I'm being frustrated with Russ, but I'm really just frustrated with this organization and the decision that they've been making. As you should be. I will say, I have another question about a guard. Surprise, surprise. Uh, any early impressions after Malik, mm-hmm. uh, Malik Monk, after, after Kendrick Nunn misses all of last year, the ankle and knee stuff, early impressions about his fit or just how you expect him to, to impact this team? So as crazy as it sounds, while no, technically it's not an an offseason addition, it is because they didn't have them all, all of last right. year. We you know we got the you know five days or seven to ten days or or reevaluating three you know they three months or they three weeks just to death you know when it came to you know the, his actual availability. But he has been he has been nice and he played you know, his play in the preseason made me say oh, okay at least that's what you saw at least that's the reason why you made that move and i get that the truth of the matter is i think he play i think he he does play well and he does have impact and that is pre- uh, precisely why he'll eventually be in 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 some sort of deal involving russ because i think another team is going to say look if you're not going to give us reeves or, or like maybe one other thing that you got on that roster then we're going to go ahead and take him so maybe that's what they had in mind with getting all of these you know somewhat diminutive guards uh because yeah. they you know they planned on you know, on on dumping you know you know two or three of them at the same time uh you know but you know i guess time will tell if that's what they wind up doing, I hadn't really thought of it that way. So that's a good point. I do think none will give you if he's healthy, some downhill pressure and, and off ball shooting, probably a little mm-hmm. bit more on ball shooting attempts than you would like at points. Um, but sometimes yes. they'll go in there. I think he could wind up having a big impact on the team. But that being said, when you look at this guard rotation, I'm not including Austin Reeves and Austin Reeves is now a wing. It's been decided that Austin Reeves is a wing on this team. Who do you see, see him that as most likely if they keep the roster like this or until a rush trade? Who's most likely to get squeezed out of that that guard rotation? Is it is it Dennis Schroeder? Man, I have no freaking clue what to do. I'm looking at the guard rotation right now. I have no clue what to do with this because, look, you have the one guy in none that's coming off extended injury that, as we just alluded to, he's I'm completely healthy. And I'm honest with you, I hope to see him grow with this team or at least be productive enough to be uh, like as a 
interested to a, a member of, of a transaction. Uh, then you have a guy in Schroeder, you know, he's returning to the mix where you'd imagine he'd, ex- he'd at least expect opportunities, you know, once he's fully healthy. They also go out, you, you go out and you make a move for a guy in Beverly that at the very least signaled that he'd be your point. You, you know, like, you know, we already talked about him. You sign Lonnie Walker and you clearly plan to give him plenty of work. Oh, and by the way, you also have Russell Westbrook in this. So honestly, I don't know what the hell I, I, I look, I, I know I'm not really offering you much, but I don't know how they're going to solve this riddle because it doesn't make any sense. I, I'm wondering, too, if injuries solve it for them. Just you already have Schroeder is expected to miss an indefinite amount of time. Russ is dealing with some hamstring stuff. Is Kendrick Nunn going to need some maintenance nights off after missing all of last year? We don't we don't really know. Um, and Beverly is like kind of adorable, but he's always dealt with stuff, too. So maybe that's what they're also. It's still a weird thing to bank on, but I'm wondering if until they actually make a move that injuries just sort of solve, not solve, but at least address the, I don't want to say address. I don't want injuries, but I'm just wondering if having to plan around injuries sort of makes the decision for them. It might. And you know what? The one thing that I will say, or one of the things that I will give, uh, you know, Darvin Ham and his, you know, regime credit for is they at least are making it sound like it's going to be, of a meritocracy. So if that's the case, if it's, if, if it's going to be like, you know, you, you eat what you hunt, then you know th- that'll kind of take you know take care of itself. Yeah. Huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Boy, you know what? You can kick flip on somewhere else then. No, um, I I feel that, that was very NBA Twitter of me just then. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, I can't help it. No, I yeah, I, I feel as though the people that you know that that, that stand out will be rewarded. And, and 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 I know this is the NBA, and you know, so there, there's always going to be a balance between that actually, you know, that coming to fruition and still dealing with, you know, real life human beings and, and you know, folks that are anticipating and expecting opportunities. But I'm trying to, I was trying to think of a nicer way to say it. None of those guys are, you know, like have a big enough name or are incredible enough to where you have to worry about their feelings so much that you can't just actually coach them. So maybe that's where, you know, maybe that's where it works. That's a, that's and I, yeah, I'm talking out, outside of Russ. Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. Look, thank God I brought you on this podcast. And I think of like the past two things that you said. Um, moving on from the guards, because we could turn to the whole part podcast about guards. From what I saw in preseason, Anthony Davis looks pretty good. The injuries that are propping up now, I really do feel like they're precautionary. Like when it happens in the regular season, we can have a conversation there. Um, are you do you buy into him just having this monster revenge season after having two years of sort of blah blah returns by his standards anyway? Um, and what specifically when you look at his game and what you've seen over the past couple of years, what are you going to be watching most closely? Look at uh, honestly, it, it, it's so cliche at this stage. And honestly, Dan, you know that I, I don't do the jokes about the health and stuff. Cause I'll be honest with you. I think that's a very weird energy um, we, that, that so many folks, whether it's NBA Twitter or even folks that cover the league, you know, like you know, have, have gone to, but it, it really is a matter of health. If he's healthy, I think Anthony Davis can have that bounce back year. And it is, it, it, you know, I, I, Clearly, the motivation is there. Clearly, he has plenty of whether it's you know bulletin board material or you know just play an endless loop of Charles Barkley calling him you know street clothes or whatever whatever the hell he was calling. However, you want to be motivated, that is there. But it's it's about his health. The last couple you know you know last couple of years he got hurt in, in freaky ways. It wasn't just it wasn't just a matter of like oh AD's you know uh, fragile. He just you know it was a non-contact. People came on, you know, like people, one guy like flew into his knee and another guy stepped underneath it, you know, stepped underneath his leg. It's unfortunate. 
I've I no, phrased but- it this way. Anthony Davis doesn't have a chronic injury. Getting injured is Anthony Davis's chronic injury because it's always something different. And it that's is. like, that doesn't necessarily speak to his fragility. It's like bad luck. It could speak to his fragility, but that is, that's what makes it so tough to wrap your head around because there's not just this one thing that keeps reoccurring with him. It's, it's everything. Exactly that. So I, I rambled on, you know, long enough to say, I think he has it in him. I, I do believe that he has, I, because I've seen him play in incre- at incredible levels. Do I anticipate his true shooting percentage to be like 59% as it was in the bubble? No, but the shoot, the, the shot looks smoother, you know, this preseason, especially, especially compared to last year. I'm one of those people that normally, like when I, when I see guys saying like, oh, well, you know, last year I was dealing with this or whatever. I'm normally one of those guys that says like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But you were out there. But I, you know, I think there may be something to that, but, you know, specifically because of how comfortable he looked shooting the ball or he looked shooting the ball in the, you know, in the limited preseason action that, you know, that we did see from him. So I'm optimistic with him. I think he can return more than anything. If the legs are good and he can be the defensive have the impact on the defensive end that he has had in the past. I think more important than anything. I know that I know that Coach Ham and and you know like, and and people have made you know, you know made uh, made the point that you know they're running the offense through him. I don't care about what that guy scores. I know that he might, but I don't care about you know like you know the offense and that flow. As long as he's an all world defender, the Lakers are actually interesting. If he's not an all world defender, they're not going to be interesting. So none of this is going to matter. <laughs> And look, the offense is not going to run through Anthony Davis. We're in like year 12 of LeBron saying that the offense is going to be run through someone else. It's going to be run through LeBron. And the, the part of the value of AD is that he can score 25 points a game entirely within the flow of the offense. The health is, I mean, you're spot on there. That's what you have to watch for. I'd also be looking for, he got his volume up at the rim last year, which was good. But I will be looking at the mid-range frequency and volume and how much he's relying on it. Does he have counters if that shot's not falling? Can the Lakers get him, if it's not higher volume at the rim, better quality looks at the rim. Are they going to have enough spacing for him to kind of get to the basket? And then you, you already talked about the three ball. Look, he shot like 40% or something in the preseason. If that's like a thing like that, will that is going to make some people like so many people look like idiots uh, because that's something that you've always been waiting on. Again, I wouldn't predict it, but if that's what happens, if he's shooting efficiently from the perimeter, it, it gives the Lakers this entirely new dangerous offensive dimension that they, when you look at what they want to accomplish in the West, that they're not going to make any other moves. Their best bet to shock and awe is Anthony Davis kind of leveling up his offense. Look, I'll just be blunt about it. The Lakers need Anthony Davis to be incredible this year. I don't know if he, if he can, but I'm hopeful. I've seen him. I've seen him show flashes of it. I've seen him. I've seen him, you know, clearly, you know, clearly be a top line player. I don't even care. You know, like when we get into the like the rankings thing, I don't care what you know whether you consider him you know top ten, top fifteen, where they need him to to play like a top five guy on a regular basis for them to actually have any any sort of you know like any sort of opportunity. And if he you know, if if he's fully healthy and available, we'll see if he's got that. If he's not healthy, it's not going to matter. He has already made some passive aggressive comments about playing the the five. Do you? Uh, this doesn't need to be like a thing, but. Do you under like, at this point? Is it that much of? I know he's dealt with a bunch of injuries too, but like, is it that much of a difference now, sliding from the four to the five in today's league? I like if you're gonna oh, look if again, you're playing the two, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, but like, anyway, <laughs> I look. I'm trying. I'm doing my best not to just go into just NBA Twitter narratives, but I gotta be honest with you. I'm so tired of hearing about this. I'm so like, part of me's like Lakers. This man was on record. He was on wax 
that he did not play in the five prior to even cut you put it on the purple yeah. and gold. Y'all knew the job. Y'all knew. So why are why down the line now we're into what did your three? Is it where your four? We're we're four years in or whatever to get whatever. I, I've lost track of time. It, it, it all blends in. What is and time? You're still, yeah. And you're still talking about this. Now, what it what I actually think took place is they expected one or both those bigs that they brought in to be more impactful, to, to you know, to look better next to him. And in the preseason, and obviously, you know, like in, in, in their you know, in their camp and in their practices, they aren't seeing that because that's probably the only reason why all of a sudden that you know that you know that conversation is being floated out there. I think more than anything, if Ham asks him to play it, he's gonna play it. He going to is he going to be happy about it? Probably not. But you know, ultimately, my, my thought on it is if the guy likes playing the four, just play him at the four. I and believe me, I understand the conversation of like but they're better at this or you know i get it if the guy likes playing the four and you're in the, and you're in the business with anthony davis just let him play the f- and figure it out beyond that i i would be mostly with you especially during the it's have anthony davis close at the five anthony davis has to play more five mm-hmm. in the playoffs those are givens yep. and yes. my whole thing there though is the Lakers are not a given when it comes to the playoffs. And so playing him at the five might be their best route to actually win enough regular season games to be in that mix. Otherwise, I would totally agree. It's, you know, yeah, playing at the four most of the time, but playing at the five when it matters. I just, when I look at this team, it feels like a whole lot of the regular season games are going to matter for them. It is. And, and, and ultimately, you know, maybe it's going to boil down to when he's, you know, when he, when he, gets into the mix again and he starts feeling good about himself. And, you know, and when I say good about himself, I'm talking about physically, because obviously, you know, with, you know, with professional athletes, you know, their body is their, you know, is truly their motor. So uh, you just, w- we'll see how it goes over those first 10 games. I feel like he's going to probably settle close to the numbers that he put, you know, that he played in 2020. And uh, this is totally just me, you know, pulling it. So any numbers guys out there, if you, you know, if you correct it after the fact, you can call me and eat it. That's fine. Jabari Davis NBA. I feel like he was playing at least half, if not more of his minutes at the five, but starting at the four, if you have to do it that way, that's fine. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if for his, you know, for, if, if only for his, you know, uh, sensibilities, start him at the four, shift him to the five, have him back, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, play it as needed throughout the course of the game and then close with them at the five, unless one of those fives is having an, having an incredible game or the matchup, you know, the, the matchup, you know, is beneficial to have him at the four. Do you have any faith or preference or just when you look at Damian Jones and Thomas Bryan, if you had to pick which one plays a bigger positive role, who would it be? I feel like it's going to be Thomas Bryant, but honestly, it, it, with him, with him as well, like I hope he stays healthy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I hope he's able to, you know, you know, stay out there on the court. It feels like it's going to be Thomas Bryant. I'm honestly between the two, I, I have not, I haven't seen enough to say like, oh yeah, it's definitely him, or it's definitely not going to be that guy. I think I'm more intrigued by Damian Jones as a player, and the Lakers mm-hmm. seem to believe that. And like, you go back and watch like some of the minutes they played with the Kings last year. Like, oh my god, on offense, but. I, Thomas Bryant's going to be the cleaner fit, but the Lakers also seem to think that Damian Jones can be like a stretch big and like, we'll have to see. I have not seen enough or any of that. Um, and so it might just like, is one Gabriel, the best five on this team um, is Juan Toscano Anderson going to be the best five on this team. That's not Anthony Davis. So they have questions there too. I mean, but if you're the Pacers, you'd be looking at that AD quote, like, you know, they thought they were going to get Miles Turner cheaper in the middle of the year, but if AD's campaigning to play less five in November or something, my lord, 
It, you know, honestly, I hadn't thought about that, but yes, that, it, like if if you're Kevin Pritchard and 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 all the folks that wait, is Kevin Pritchard still there in their front office? Like, yeah. or did I just date myself? Okay, I was gonna say, wait, no. did I just let him? If you're Kevin Pritchard and you're and you're the folks that are making decisions over there, you're looking at that and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, AD, you are right. You're exactly right. <laughs> you yeah, you, you, you make such an excellent point. You are a four. What are they thinking? You know, we wouldn't do that. No, but yeah, no, that's a that's neither here nor there. I I I think they. Find an answer there. Uh, it might not be Thomas. It might not be either one of the the guys currently there. What are you looking to see from Austin Reeves in year two? More than anything, consistency. Because last year he, you know, he showed flashes. He had, you know, he, you know, he showed signs. And I recognize people are going to say like, "Oh, Lakers fans hyping up one of their guys again." You know, and you know, the, oh, and, he's and, good. Yeah, and and I was going to say there's something to that, but like that's actually every fan base. Every fan base loves their, you know, loves their, you know, loves their guys. Either loves or hates. You know, it just it just depends on it depends on where you are. Um, I I I I think he's shown the signs that he's a quality basketball player, yet at, you know, especially in particular at this level. Now that he's had the benefit of you know navigating that seat, you know, navigating last season, uh, and navigate and you know the benefits of a, a professional NBA offseason, I would expect just consistency. Uh, you know, so you know, still you know, still you know, show plenty of those signs, but you know, just more on a consistent basis. And to be honest with you, look, I I, I promise you, and within the next two to three months, people are going to say you guys are overhyping him. I I think they actually have a gym there. I th- I think he's a I think he's a quality I think he's a quality you know NBA starter, not just NBA rotation guy, NBA starter, and can develop. To, you know, and actually has the you know has the you know has the space to develop in that you know, because you know this is not a thing right now. Yeah, I'm very intrigued with him as just sort of like this complimentary connector, especially on offense. And he's probably I mean he's one of their better perimeter defenders at this point too. But yes, like just the he shot just good enough on catch and shoot threes last year, like in the 37 percent like. Uh, 37 plus percent, excuse me. Let's see how he reacts if defenses close out on him harder. But even when defenses were closing out on him, he was using screens and space to like pump and go. He busted out a little bit of a floater. And so, no, I don't think this is a future star, but this is someone who is like, when I'm building the Lakers closing unit mm-hmm. and we're, if we're making it a meritocracy, Austin Reeves is probably in it for me. He absolutely has to be in it. And, and look, obviously, you know, the, it, it's situational, like, you know, with anything, like, but in, in, in the NBA, it's situational. Um, but I think that he's shown enough. And I think he's you know, just, just, he's, he's good enough on this roster uh, to, to where he should probably be in that conversation regardless. Especially because this has been sort of a pessimistic leaning podcast. Do the Lakers have any just strengths that aren't receiving enough attention as we lead into the regular season? Man, I, I I hate to go back to this well, but so many people have been, you know, like for whatever their reasons are, have been out on AD that a healthy AD is 100% a strength and 100% like could take them from being a lot team to being like, oh no, they, they, they are a playoff team. And then like, you like when we get to the end of it and, 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 and it's all said and done, we look back and people are then saying like, well, of course they are a playoff team because they had all that time. No, I think, I think specifically, Again, they the, the the Lakers absolutely need Anthony Davis to be their best player, and I know how that sounds. The fo- you know the focal point is always going to be LeBron. Le- you know, it's a LeBron, you know, it's a LeBron centric world <laughs> or universe, and in right. particular, you know, but Anthony Davis has to be their best player. And now that he's finally healthy, my honest opinion is that like him being healthy is their strength, and and could and could and could bring them back into a. Uh, a conversation of legitimacy. I won't say into you know, all, you know, outright contention, but a conversation of legitimacy. 
I will say too, and they did get out and transition a bunch last year, but if you have healthy AD, if Russ mm-hmm. is involved here, having Reeves and then Kendrick Nunn, if he stays healthy, yep. this team could be like a sneaky dominant team in transition. They have, you know, between AD and LeBron and Russ, Bev, they have some guys, even Nunn, if they're going to get a board, like you can just grab it and go. And I think grab that might be something that's underrated about this team, but I don't know if I'm reaching there too much. It, like with everything, like it, it is, it's, it, I hate it, but I was like, just stay healthy. Yes. I want that, but just stay healthy. <laughs> like Everybody, everybody stay good. Everybody. But yeah, no, I, I think that's an excellent point. I, I would anticipate that. And honestly, even working JTA in, in, into some of those lineups, like, you know, like, like if, if they get up and start and start pr- putting pressure on teams, I could absolutely see them be like, look, all right. You didn't ask for like award predictions, but I'll, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I put money on Anthony Davis winning the defensive player of the year award. That's wow. how much of an impact I think he's going to have. Do I think that now do I think it's a guarantee? Like, I'm not one of those folks that's like, Hey, I'm a shark. And I know, no, 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 no. Like th- there are definitely some feels going in there, but I, I, I legitimately think he's, you know, he can return to form on that end of the court to the point where it, you know, it can impact them to where he's a part of that conversation. One of my favorite things to do leading into the season is try and identify if the roster stays the same or at least to start the year, who will be the like the, the 10 man rotation. Not all rotations are 10 guys, but the top 10 most used players. The Lakers one is kind of a trip, but I'm going to sh- throw out my locks and then see how mm-hmm. you would flush out the rest if you and see if you agree with the locks. I have Beverly, Nunn, Reeves, LeBron, AD, Russ. And then my locks kind of end there. Like, are those are those the six locks? I think that's I think that's realistic. I think that's realistic because like, like, let's be real. I, like, I, 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 I actually want positive things for Dennis Schroeder. I do, but for whatever reason he had like, like it, and it, it's not, it's not because the Lakers did it to him because he's had, you know, the, the, his last like four stops, it just simply has not worked. It simply has not lasted. No, right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm just oh, agreeing okay. with you. <laughs> oh, oh no, okay. I, I, I thought you had. I thought you had a, a nugget for me. I was like, oh, like maybe there's something about him that I don't know. <laughs> no, like you know, for for whatever the reason, it hasn't worked out. So there, there's certainly no guarantee that you know there there can't be any guarantee that he's a lock. You know, you know, we've talked about Damian Jones. I like his lively. You know, he does. A, he's a lively body. Winyan Gabriel that you mentioned a, mo- a moment ago, a lively body. But like, there's no way that we can can honestly sit here and say not I'm speaking generally sit there and say like yeah guaranteed those guys are going to be in the active rotation with regularity because they haven't been at, at any point of their in, in their careers and god it, i it, think it, you would I, have to add lonnie walker the fourth to my list just because you spent the entire mini mle on him oh what forgive me for whatever reason i assumed that you mentioned him no so lonnie walker the fourth locks. yeah yeah there should be seven locks and and, and you know what okay Again, not dissing your Russ, but for this team in terms of impact, I would put him above Russ. I would put him as the as the number six guy, like you know, like a, a, as a lock, you know, you know, for this team. I will say, um, JTA would be a lock for this rotation if I was Darvin Ham to get to mm-hmm. eight, and then nine is very much like Damian Jones or Thomas Bryant, and then I guess you have some room to play around, like Dennis Dennis Schroeder's in there. Um, like, you know, do they believe in Troy Brown Jr.? I know a lot of people seem to like him. It's just, it is funny. There is a Lakers effect where like Troy Brown Jr. was viewed as, oh, he'll plug this three and D wing hole. And it was like, no, you haven't watched a lot of Troy Brown Jr., have you? And not, not that you don't even need to watch a lot of Troy Brown Jr. to understand that that's not who Troy Brown Jr. is. Yeah, that's not who he is. Like, but then again, like, I, I, all right, yeah, I will go ahead and say it. 
Rob Palenka is either an absolute genius. Yeah, you know, honestly, the thing with Rob is like, I, I wonder, like, like, and I get it. You know, we 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 speak of the NBA being positionless, and while yes, there's absolutely certain, you know, something to that uh, with uh, how a lot of teams are playing at, at this stage. You still, you know, you, you still can't make, um, you know, a six-two guy be a three and D wing. Like that, I, I'll be honest with you. Like unless he, unless he's Tony Allen, like that just doesn't, <laughs> you know, that that's just not going to happen. So like. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what to think about, like how they put this together. What do you think should be their go-to closing unit? And this team more than most might play the matchups more, but you're Darvin Ham. What are, what's the, what's the closing lineup crutch that you're leaning on? It, it, it kind of goes back to what we've already discussed. It, for me, it's AD Braun and Reeves. And, and then, and then the conversation starts. It, it's, it's similar to, you know what? And here's a nod to, you know, um, to the Vogel regime, similar to how they did things in 2020. It was, you know, they had their set guys. And then the last two, it was, it was, it really was, a, you know, depending upon the matchup, depending upon who was bringing it that night, depending upon, you know, you know, you know who had things going. And honestly, with this, it, it, with, you know, with this roster, that's what this absolutely feels like it's set up to be. I, I don't think that I don't, you know, I don't think any of the other guys, and and potentially even Reeves, I don't think any of them are are, are guaranteed to be you know, to be closers, especially at this stage. I mean, obviously in the in the early going, you know, this is where you're finding that out. But even across the board, you know, down the stretch with you know with this roster, unless someone just stands out completely, I really do think it's going to be a matter of who's got to go in that night, who has the better matchup, and you know, and and who fits better with you know, with AD and LeBron on on that particular for that particular game. I 100% echo what you said there. I, I am most intrigued by the three you mentioned, Reeves, LeBron, AD, and then probably JTA and Beverly, or maybe none instead of Beverly. That might be the mm-hmm. the setup that I'm most in- that if I had to guess would be their most effective one. That being said, is there a weirdo, bonkers, off-the-beaten-path lineup you want to see Darvin Ham try this season? I want to see AD, Braun, JTA, Reeves, and Walker. I want them to get up in people's. I want them to get up in people's asses and go. Like, let's have fun with it at least. At least be interesting, yo. If if you need to go back to old school, you know, you know, you know, ninety four feet, of, you know, ninety four feet of pressure. That's what I want to see. But honestly, it, it, you know, it, it, other than that, there's really not a lot of like mixes that are interesting. Like, I I, I hate to say this, and you know, I hate to say this about uh, you know about the Lakers, but they, they, right now on paper, they're not interesting. They're not. I'm kind of with you. I mean, they still have LeBron and AD, but it's just like, they're tough to fit. They're interesting. It's, and I've said this too many times on the podcast, but like they're morbidly interesting because it's like, could things go wrong? Is there a chance they go right? That's why you're almost tuning in. It's not really because they have this higher upside that you're banking on to manifest. That right there is what I, you said it perfectly. Look, there's a reason why you do this thing and why I'm usually behind the scenes when it comes to podcasting. You put it perfectly. They're interesting, but just for the wrong reasons. There. And and, and this is on a team with AD and LeBron. So there you go. Uh, There you go. You put it the most eloquently and succinctly. So you win that one. Uh, Mine would be, if you're going to sign all these guards, you need to play Anthony Davis with four smalls. Like, give me none, Schroeder, um, Beverly, then we'll have AD, and then I don't want Russ in this. Um, I'll count Austin Reeves if we want to throw him in here. Or, look, put your money where your mouth is and just go your four point guards plus AD and see what happens. <laughs> and you see it to see how bad it is, and maybe it's sort of Darvin Ham needs to roll that out as sort of the, hey, look at what this fucking guy in the front office gave me. Go ahead and make a move there. Like You play AD with your four smalls because you don't have wings to play him with. <laughs> 
You know, hey, Dar- hey, shout out to Darvin. He's got a he's got a guaranteed contract, so he could go that route if he wanted to. But then again, that guy just gave him that deal in his first opportunity, so maybe you know, maybe not. But honestly, to that point, it I could see I could absolutely see you putting AD with three or four guards. Like I could I could absolutely see, and just having fun with it because, like again, especially if in particular, you know. He, Say it's a game like the other night where, um, and obviously at the time, you know, when this gets released, this you know, it'll it'll be in in the you know further in the distance. But say it's a game like uh, you know the one that they played that final preseason game against Sacramento, and the game just simply gets away from you. Why not? Nah, but then again, now now Lakers fans AD are like, probably wait, shouldn't so be on the court. So you, that would be the I, exactly. That's, <laughs> I was going to say you want AD playing garbage time minutes. What the hell? No, you're right. That's fine. That, this, I'm this, just saying. This is, Maybe give LeBron and Reeves like a rest night on the same night and roll out Anthony Davis a four point card so that you can kind of as just a fuck you to the front office to show them like this is what you saddled us with here. <laughs> so God, would you before I ask you about I hope, their I hope we're not at that place. Um before I ask you about their over under really quickly, do you expect Russell Westbrook to finish the season on this team? No, I don't. I think I think they dump him at the deadline. I I I would have like, again if you had asked me at the start of the summer, I would have said, yeah, he's absolutely gonna you know he's absolutely gonna be moved, and you know, we're not gonna be having this conversation. And yet here we are. That, that being said, I still don't expect him to be there. They're over under as we record this, and I doubt it'll move much. I mean, it'll go up Monday, but I don't think it's gonna move much lead up to the regular season. Forty four point five. Would you take the over or the under on that? And where do you sort of see them stacking up in the larger context of the West? What, what, what I, I thought we were friendly. I thought we were being cool. I thought it was like, you know, it's a Sunday morning. Here we are. Yeah. If, if no one, yeah. If for anyone who's not watching on YouTube, Jabari's currently removing a knife from his back that uh, I strategically like, placed oh, there. I can't reach it. My arms. Yeah, I got, I got, <laughs> I got uh, yeah. I think bottom end, they're a 35 to 40 win team. Top end, they're probably 45 to 50. And I, and there's going to be that, that statement right there just pissed everybody off because there's going to be people saying, Oh, you're, you're, you're too hard on them. And then there's going to be people saying like 45 to 50, how the hell is that taking place? I think kind of, as we've had this conversation, I told you if AD is a, if AD is special and they can just have relative team health, because no team is going to be healthy, you know, like over the course of the 82 game season, but just relative health to where they can stagger some of the you know, you know, folks in and out of the lineup. I could see them topping off, you know, like, you know, somewhere in that range, 45 to 50. And if they're in there, they're obviously in the playoff conversation. Uh, but, you know, look, if they if they run into a buzzsaw again, if they, you know, if all of the pieces just simply do not fit and they start to, you know, weather the storm uh, you know, of, of re- repeated injuries and multiple injuries at that. Yeah, it's going to be another disgusting year in you know, in Los Angeles for the, you know, for the Lakers and for Lakers fans. I viewed the 44.5 line as akin to you're telling me that the over under the number of games that AD and LeBron combined to play in is 125, which is a little bit less, fewer than 65 per. So I took the under just because I don't think LeBron, like give LeBron a fucking break already. That's like, are this team even set up to play him fewer than 37 minutes per game? At least he was at 37 plus minutes per game last year. Please tell me that will not be the case this season. And that's the thing. He wants to play those minutes, but sometimes you, it's, it's kind of like when you know, look. Oh, no, I'll make I'll make the reference when you have when you have a kid that's like, yeah, that kid really loves chocolate cake, and that kid just wants to eat chocolate cake nonstop and just eat chocolate cake and eat chocolate cake. I'm talking about myself right here, and just do and just do it nonstop. <laughs> sometimes, for the benefit of that kid, you have to say, you know what? No, 
Let's not have chocolate cake. And with LeBron right now, they need to they need to say, hey, listen, at 38, you can't play 38 on a, on a nightly basis. You have to be somewhere in that 30, 35 range. That's not crazy. If you look, if you have LeBron James on your team and he's playing incredible basketball, or it, you know, like you know, still at the level that he played last year or anywhere near it, if you get 35 minutes of that, you should be able to be you should be able to be competitive. If you can't in th- in 33 to 35, then that 38 is not going to help, and you're just going to be Add and wear and tear on yourself. It's not that so. That's yeah. a fantastic way of putting it because I was going to rebuttal saying, well, can they win with LeBron playing fewer than 38? And look, if you can't win with LeBron playing 33 minutes per game, this ain't your year. And it's time to maybe look in the mirror and figure out what to do. Exactly. Uh, is there anyone, anything else about this team I didn't, uh, we didn't discuss that you think needs to be touched upon? Uh, more than anything, shout like out I Rob Polinka for failing upwards. That's us. Hey, shout, hey, hey, shout out! I aspire Look, to fail. I, in that I, I was li- that was literally what I was about to say. I was like, I aspire. I, 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 I look if, if he if he wrote a book or if he writes a book, I need that. I absolutely need that. No, look, more than anything, I think this Lakers team is going to be better than you know. Obviously, I think they're going to be better than last year. I'm hopeful that they if they do make that ultimate move they make it sooner than later and don't play this out to, you know you know, play, don't play this out you know uh, all the way up to the trade deadline because honestly if you do that you're punting on the season even if you do bring, you know, bring those guys in i'm not saying it would be impossible to win you know, like, like mm-hmm. to turn it around and win i'm just saying it's not as likely uh but more than anything i i do think that i i i i I like the direction that Ham appears to be going in terms of holding everybody accountable and 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 making it an actual team. We'll just see if it works. Jabari, this was fantastic as always. I love these yearly campfires um, that you're so gracious to come on and have with me. In case anyone skipped the intro, are you able to tell our listeners where they can find you and all the great work that you do? Again, Dan, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me, especially on the heels of that terrible uh, performance last year, specifically because I every single thing that I said was the opposite. Um, me, I'm easy. Jabari Davis, NBA. Uh, if you like comedy, you know, comedy basketball podcast, Miles and Jack got mad boosies. We don't take ourselves seriously. We kind of like purposely are looking to be, you know make ourselves look like idiots because, you know, hey, why not? Um, and an NBA finals file for anybody that likes, you know, you know general conversations finals between two guys that you know really love the game and those two guys are myself oh yeah and and robert ory you know in case you missed that yeah so jabari does the heavy lifting on that podcast is what he's saying yeah like i mean i'm the i'm i I was i almost said a term that i don't you shouldn't say on the podcast. i'm the big stick on that podcast (laughs) (laughs) jabari thank you so much as usual for coming on i look forward to uh spamming your dms in in the future likewise thank you so much